It's time for JT the Brick. What's up, JT? Gotta get this win. Get this win. Get one win. If anybody in this organization ever talks about losing in that building, they're gone. If I ever go to a game and my team doesn't care and they mail it in, I'm returning my season tickets. I don't care if you lose the game. You're going to lose, but act like you care. JT the Brick. We're trying to help the Raider fans get through these issues that they can't get through. And they just blame me, some of them, because they think, like, I hired the guys. JT's the guy who moved us from Oakland. JT's the guy who brought in Jimmy G. No, I'm not. I'm just a guy on the microphone from noon to two every day. And now, be ready. Here's JT the Brick. All right, out of the gate, hour number two. Thanks for joining us, everybody. We're brought to you by Resorts World, where I'll be Friday night heading to Resorts World. Some friends in town. Uh, the newest, the biggest property here right now, the elaborate, the beautiful Resorts World. Head on there for entertainment, for cocktails, for dinner, for eight cigar lounge. Scott Sabella's vision of how to do it right. It's Resorts World. See you there over the weekend. Hour number two of the show, I was shut out the first hour, not a Vegas night call. Oh, we got the guy from Winnipeg. I'm sorry. We didn't get a United States hockey call in Las Vegas the week of the Stanley Cup. I would punch the wall, Bobby, but I don't want to break my hand because I might need my hand to play golf as I'm away next week. So intrigue me if we can get a Vegas Golden Knight fan the week of the Stanley Cup here. Because there's nothing on from noon to two other than me. I went by the other studios. They're dark. No hockey shows on. So I'm the home of hockey from noon to two when we got the Stanley Cup here. You never know. The commissioner might be listening. And he might take the franchise away. He might say, no one's calling into JT's show the week of the Stanley Cup. I want to move this franchise from Vegas and go to Manitoba or take it somewhere else here. So I'm calling out Vegas Golden Knight fans. I've run out of options. I can give you the goals. I can give you the money line. I can give you everything. But we need some hockey fans to have a pulse. 702-365-9200. I gave you my opinion yesterday on Jimmy Garoppolo. As the great Aaron Rodgers once said, relax. He had a procedure on his foot. Seems like he has a foot. Everything's okay. Everyone says he's on pace to come back. If he comes back on time, it'll calm down the Raider Nation. If not, we will go into the studio and do another Raiders roundtable and figure out what's next. I'm assuming that he's going to be back. He's going to be ready to go because that's what they're telling me. Let's see if that is true. I believe it to be true. No one's ever lied to me with the Raiders. Everyone tells me what they know. But we're not doctors and we're not trainers. But Jimmy G's around. We have a special broadcast coming up Monday. We'll be live from the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center for three hours live, Q&I and Eric Allen on YouTube. And all the Raider platforms there is we're going to do an extended show on Media Day. Uh, we call that School Picture Day, where everyone comes and gets their school picture. It parts their hair nice, puts the uniform on, plays with Star Wars sticks, does everything so you could get the trading cards, right? The trading cards, the pictures for the upcoming media guide and all that. So that's going to be on Monday. There'll be in-depth team coverage right here on the flagship of the Silver and Black all day. I don't know what Q has lined up with the rest of our shows, but we are going to be pretty busy on Monday. Normally what happens, we used to do that in Napa. Every year up in Napa, John Ritchie, remember John Ritchie? He would co-host with me, and we'd sit out in the baking sun in Napa. Baking sun with no shade. And we'd be on for like two hours on TV and radio just interviewing players and talking to them about the offseason and looking forward to interviewing and meeting some of the rookies that I haven't met yet and talking to some of the veterans. You would assume we're going to get Max Crosby, hopefully Jimmy Garoppolo, and who's ever there. I don't expect Josh Mc... I don't expect um, when you look at what's going to happen here overall with who's going to report or not by then 
you know, Josh didn't sign his tender yet in regards to what's going to happen with his deal as he's getting franchise tagged, the leading rusher. I don't expect him to be there unless something happens in the next couple of days, which would be nice. But we have the leading rusher in the NFL. And then Devontae, who's really the face of the franchise on offense, Max, the face of the franchise on defense. And I'm sure we'll get some time with them. So with all of that happening, I'm pretty excited. And then the offseason really begins. Then coaches take vacations or some time off before uh, another meet and greet before we start training camp. So it goes into the pure dead zone. But we have a couple of topics that will get us through the dead zone, which is basically the healing of Jimmy Garoppolo's foot. But Jimmy doesn't talk. And they don't talk about Jimmy's injury. So what are we going to do? We're not going to have a round table and sit there and wonder how his foot is because we're not going to be aware of that until they say it's go time and Jimmy's out there with the first team. So I don't know how long that's going to wait, but hopefully he's healing and the healing is going nicely. We just had Jeff Sherman on. I like Denver to win. I think Denver's the better team over the Heat. If the Heat win this, I was talking to Bobby about this before we came on. If the Heat go through Giannis and Milwaukee, the Boston Celtics, and Denver and Jokic, it's one of the greatest championships I've ever seen. I'm talking Jordan, Bird, Magic. For them to come in the back door as the eighth seed, if they win this, going through the one seed out west, the Celtics, and the one seed in Milwaukee, you tell me a team that's gone through a better run than that. Name it. I don't think you can. You know, we've seen eight seeds win before, but not win the title. They won a playoff round, but can they do that? So Denver, Denver feels pretty confident, but you heard the coach, Mike Malone, He's not taking he's not taking them lightly. There's no doubt about that. Uh, a couple of more sound bites that I wanted to play in the NBA. Yesterday we talked about it. Bob Myers stepped down as the president of the Warriors, which I think is a big time story. He talked about why he stepped away. The bottom line is uh, this job, and I would say this for any professional general manager or coach, requires complete engagement, complete effort, thousand um, percent. And if you can't do it, then you shouldn't do it. And so that's. That's, that's the answer to the question of why. Now, a lot of people are wondering in the Bay Area, talk to some Bay Area friends up there in the media, is there smoke, there's, is there fire? Does Bob Myers and Steve Kerr not get along? Well, there was a lot of players that Steve Kerr didn't play that Bob Myers drafted. They've had a lot of good draft picks, and Steve Kerr wouldn't give them the time of day to play multiple minutes. Could there be friction there? Could there be friction with Joe Lake of the owner who might want to get his son into management? So there's a lot of other rumors here, but Myers clearly took the high road in his press conference talking about his plan ahead. Well, my wife <clears throat> said we're going to get a drink maybe on the way home. Uh, <laughs> I don't know that answer, and I guess I don't need to know that answer. I'm, I'm in a narrow lane I just because I love basketball so much, but I don't know. I've never really stopped going. I went right from an agent to this. Uh, I went to law school at night after college. I just, I've just, my whole life has been like, maybe it'll be good for me to sit still. I don't know how good I'll be at it, but... I've actually never done it and maybe figure some things out. Yeah, I know where he's coming from. I'm nowhere near at that level, a president of an NBA team. But Bobby knows when I lose one show during the week, I freak out. My wife says, go take a walk. I go, no, I want to be on the radio tonight. She's like, you're not. So go take a walk, do something. Go walk the dog. I'm wired that way too. When you have something, if it's taken away from you, you have to train your mind to say that it's good. I think that's good advice for everybody, what Bob Meyer said. If you're going to retire or if you're going to step away from a job before another job, it'd be criminal for you not to enjoy it. Whenever you get downtime, I don't get much of it. Bobby, you don't get much of it. Our listeners, I don't know what you do unless you call me. 
when you get a chance to refocus or reposition your career, when you do get some downtime, you get fired, laid off, your company goes out of business, you know you're going to get another job, you hope you're going to get another job, you got to use that downtime to your advantage. And that, I, that's what I think he's telling us here. He doesn't know what he's going to do. But the difference between most of us and Bob Myers is he's going to get 10 offers, 10, to be the president and GM of every team around there. So he might go to Portland, he might go to Brooklyn, no matter what. He's in a good spot, and he's got all those rings. Want to play this Troy Aikman sound? I wanted Tom Brady to be the quarterback of the Raiders months ago. Not anymore, because Jimmy Garoppolo is supposed to be. But Troy Aikman, one of the all-time greats, here's what he said when asked about Tom Brady. I wouldn't rule anything out. He, right. he obviously, you know, uh, has a relationship with the head coach. Uh, he knows the offense. He'll keep himself in great shape. Uh, I'm a big Jimmy Garoppolo fan, so I'm really pulling for him. But I, you know, I, I would bet that just nothing's off the table as far as, you know, what may occur during the season or, or what Tom's role may be. Uh, I think he's done playing, but you, you just never know. Those things kind of just happen out of nowhere. You don't really predict them. I remember when Troy Aikman had to retire early because of concussions and he cried at his press conference. Think about how much longer Brady played than Troy Aikman. You know, it's like, a, was it a decade? I think a decade. Yeah, that's good. Some, I think it's about a decade that Brady kept playing at 45. And I'll never forget the Aikman press conference here as he cried and he didn't want to leave, but he knew he was getting concussed. Same with Steve Young. Steve Young took a beating and he started late. Remember, he backed up Montana. And even Aaron Rodgers is chirping now back at Green Bay. I'll get to that later on this hour. All right, 702-365-9200. Thanks for listening. Let's get it going here. We'll start off with Alan in Salt Lake City, listening on the Raiders mobile app. What's happening, Alan? JT, I've got a couple things I want to go into. Mm-hmm. I'll try to be as quick as I can. Thank you. First thing, let's go Golden Knights. I am so excited to see the Golden Knights in the Stanley Cup playoffs. I think it's going to be a tough series. The uh, Panthers, even though they're an eight seed, they're a really good team. They're fast. They're physical. They play well. But the nice thing about the Golden Knights is they're not depending on one or two people to score. They get scoring from all the lines. And I think Jack Eichel is going to quit hitting posts and start hitting nets mm-hmm. in this series. And, and then I want to talk about the Raiders, the Jimmy Garoppolo thing. Um, I made a post on Twitter. I said, this is the most Raider thing I think I've ever seen the Raiders do. So let me explain that. Mm-hmm. I have nothing against Jimmy Garoppolo. I grew up 25 miles away from Eastern Illinois University where he went, and I actually went on a recruiting visit to play football at Eastern Illinois where he played. Mm-hmm. My only issue with the whole thing is you have a quarterback – with a known injury history, with one of the most difficult injuries to heal that there is, and you go ahead and sign him. I agree mm-hmm. with the contract. I'm fine with that. No problem. My only problem is they didn't go get somebody reliable to back him up. What do you mean? And wait, wait. wait so let much. me stop you. No, Hoyer okay. is a really good backup. Hoyer is a backup in this system. You know, Carson Wentz has never played in this system. Jacoby Brissett has. So the choices for Dave Ziegler are Jacoby Brissett, 
or Brian Hoyer. I mean, to say that Brian Hoyer isn't a really good backup in this league, I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want Brian Hoyer to start 14 games. If I needed him to start two against the Giants and the Jets in a week back to back, I'm pretty cool. He can jump on the field and run Josh McDaniels' offense. I disagree with you. Well, I think he could do it for a couple, three games. But mm. what if Garoppolo's out? What if oh, Garoppolo of course. doesn't even play this year? Then, then forget what about it. You're right. You're right. Uh, if Garoppolo doesn't play, and I appreciate the call, you're right. But they didn't bring in Garoppolo to see him not make the team, to cut him, and to say he's damaged goods. Again, it's a very difficult situation you put me in, which I'm okay being put in. But it's difficult for me to say that you think someone on this team who's a teammate of Max Crosby and Devontae Adams, can never stay healthy again and he's going to get hurt. Jimmy Garoppolo's been plenty healthy in his life to win the amount of games he has won, the Super Bowl rings as he's won as a backup, and to play in the amount of games that he's won and win four playoff games. He's played enough games. Okay, maybe not to your liking, and maybe you believe he's going to get hurt. I'm not asking you to put yourself in my situation. But I'm asking you to put yourself in this situation. Imagine if you were in any type of media. That would be a writer, a podcaster, a radio host. And the callers called in and said, he's going to get hurt again. What would you do in my position? Say, yeah, you're right. No, you have to say he's getting surgery or a procedure to be 100%. So you go in to get your knee replaced. You're a 36-year-old construction worker. Does everybody say on the lot? No, he's never coming back. Oh, he's not going to come back. He's going to come back, and he's still going to be sluggish. He's not going to be able to get up on the lift. No, you get surgery to be back at 100%. Most athletes get surgery to come back and be 100%. The athletes who don't get surgeries play with a slight meniscus tear, play with a rotator cuff, light tear. They don't get surgery, but they're not 100%. Athletes who get fixed get fixed because they want to be 100%. Can't we please give Jimmy Garoppolo that respect on the flagship station until we hear otherwise? If we hear otherwise, take it out on me. Don't take it out on Jimmy. Take it out on me. But how dare everybody continue to call me and say he's going to get hurt again? I I find it really troubling, but it's part of my job, so I'll do my job. I mean, how long can I handle this? Every other caller? Well, you know, we got Jimmy Garoppolo. He got hurt in 2017. He got hurt in 2020. So how about he comes in now and doesn't get hurt and plays 17, 18 games, wins a playoff game? He is a playoff-capable quarterback. And this is going to rub some people the wrong way because, you know, Devontae knows this too. This Jimmy Garoppolo, and just like Dave Ziegler, the GM, Dave Ziegler has been in meetings and Super Bowl meetings and won Super Bowls when this franchise wasn't doing anything recently. They were trying hard, and they were trying to win, but they weren't making the playoffs. So was Jimmy Garoppolo. He was playing in bigger games than anyone who was the Raider quarterback, including Derek Carr, the last decade. Okay, He was winning playoff games against Aaron Rodgers, and now he's the quarterback of your team. You would think you'd go, wow, we got a guy who's won four playoff games. Beat Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau Field. Maybe he can win for us. And if you don't agree with that, I get it. I can't convince you. But give the guy the benefit of the doubt in June. All right? We got to do shows in September, November, January. We got enough time to be pissed off and angry about his status if he gets banged up. He's healing from a surgery. He's your quarterback. He wants to be here. He was fantastic at the press conference. He wants to be a Raider. 
Jim Plunkett came from the same two organizations and was beat to hell to the point where Al Davis said, you can't play, rest. You sit and be our third-string quarterback, and when we need you, you'll be ready. Jim Plunkett. Jim Plunkett. And he came to the Raiders, and now he's one of the most famous Raiders of all time. Do I think Jim Pl- uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to win two Super Bowls in the Super Bowl MVP like Plunkett? Probably not. But remember the path that Plunkett took and the path that Garoppolo's on. It's not far-fetched. Noel in Las Vegas on 920. Good to hear from you. What's happening? Hey, JT. I got two things I want to say, man. I am excited that we have a winning team here in Las Vegas. Right? We have a Stanley Cup in Las Vegas now, man. I'm excited. And just because your phones may not be going off with Las Vegas Knights fans, I need you to understand, I work up and down Las Vegas. I see flags everywhere. Mm-hmm. I see people walking the streets with Knights gear everywhere. I stay in my Golden Knights gear, and I'm excited. And another thing, we need to uh, highlight these watch parties, man, because I was at the watch party at the Circa Stadium Swim. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. Yeah. All Knights fans, I didn't see one star fan the, the entire time. It was it's a, it's a blast, man. So we need to get more of these people to come to these yeah. watch parties and, and shout them out, man, because they're fun. Thank you. Appreciate you sharing that with us. And again, uh, if there are watch parties, we'll find out. I mean, we got the two home games. I, I know my sons are trying. It's great to have sons now. My son just turned 22. The other one's about to turn 20. And I love when they're talking around the kitchen table about wanting to go to the game. So my oldest son's got a job now, which I'm excited about. My other one doesn't. And they're like talking about going to the games. So I called one of my buddies yesterday while they're at the kitchen table. How much for your tickets? Those are not for sale. I go, if they were, how much? 802 face. 802 bucks. And my sons looked at each other. Too rich for them, right? Everyone wants to go. Everyone wants to Watch parties are great. If you didn't have a ticket for the game, I'd go to Toshiba Plaza. I'd be outside. And then you can jump into Nomad. You can jump into Beer House. Or you could do what I'm doing. Just go to PT's. They're our proud partner, and they'll have the game on every television. They'll have great food and half-priced drinks. But I know every fan wants to get into this game. My buddy Tommy Ippolito, who runs Hyde, they got a great place. You can stand up at Hyde, which is a great view. I love being in Hyde. You're at a nightclub, a nightclub inside an arena, which is mind-blowing to begin with. And then if you buy a cheap ticket, you, know, you can walk around. There's some good sight lines there. Or just sit in your seat and have a great time. Going to a Golden Knight game is fun, just like going to a Raider game. Everybody wants to come to Vegas and go see our teams play. Here is Ron in Phoenix on the Raiders mobile app. Hello, Ron. Hi, JT. Uh, speaking about the time when your sons were born, you asked, you were asking in the last hour about the Game 6 uh, Knights blowout mm-hmm. and was something like that similar. It was actually 2002. The first thing that came to mind was Dominic Hasek and the Detroit Red Wings mm-hmm. blowing out Patrick Waugh and the Colorado Avalanche, 7 nothing in the 2002 Western Conference Final. I'll never, that's the first thing that came to mind, and Game 6 looked very similar. Uh, the other quick point to bring up, a lot of teams right now are considering, are going to be mindful of free agency, uh, and some of them are going to need to bolster goaltending. There are only two goaltenders right now uh, who are going to hit the free agent market. One of them is Jeremy Swayman, Boston's backup, and the other is Aiden Hill. Mm-hmm. Unrestricted free agent, yep. career 2.7 GAA. He's he's going to command regardless of whether the Knights win or not. And I do think the Knights are going to win it. I think they, they have mm-hmm. better depth. And the other thing I'm considering is Florida is no longer a hot team. They've been grounded long enough that they're hitting one another. 
And if Vegas stays out of the penalty box, if they play the way they did in the regular season, they'll do it. Great phone call. Thank you. We finally got a good one. Thank you. And that was via Phoenix slash Vegas. Thank you. Yeah, they got to play. They got to stay out of the box. They have the depth to score. They have the ability to do a lot of great things here. I really mean that. They truly have the ability to be dominant. But Florida's played too well. Once Florida beat Boston, and Bobby, you and I talked about that, you're Boston Bruins. I said this throughout the postseason. If Boston found a way to get to this final, this final, they would add home ice because they won the President's Trophy. So Vegas would have been the road team opening up in Boston. Mm-hmm. And I think Vegas probably would have lost in five, maybe six, because Boston was that dominant. Once Boston left, I said, oh, my God, Vegas can win the cup. Hypothetically, I like the matchups. I think it would have gone six. I might have even gone seven. Yeah, could have. Because I, I did, you know, obviously we're going to drop the first two in Boston. You come back to Vegas, you win two. Then you go two out of three. I think they probably lose game five and then probably. But how much Florida do you watch after Florida unfortunately beat more than, Unfortunately, more than I really wanted to. That Carolina series was insane because every game was a goal and they blew through Carolina, but it was a much tougher series similar to, you know, Vegas with Winnipeg. You know, tight games, but they ended up winning. So even though Florida has dominated the postseason, they went through some damn good teams. But the thing you got to watch out for, especially with Florida, they're forechecking. I mean, you got if you if you went back and watched some of the Carolina games, three quarters of the action is all in the Carolina zone. Mm. They just kept scoring and scoring. They get the puck out, they steal it, and they bring it back into the Carolina zone. Should I go see? Should I go see the band of my youth? Everybody knows I'm a Rush fan, but the band of my youth. Friday night at Vamps, Zebra. Zebra, absolutely. Does anybody play some Zebra when we come back? Let me God. see what I can find here. I grew up in Long Island, and the soundtrack of my youth was Billy Joel and Zebra. And Zebra's playing Friday. I wish my sons were into it. I'd like to take them to a Zebra show. Maybe I'll go with Stoner Dude. Maybe Stoner Dude's warming up for Zebra. You never know. Hey, coming up next is Kevin Higgins, an iconic baseball name in Las Vegas. Former Major League Baseball player, so big in the community, just a friend of mine. I can't wait to interview him as he's the newest member of the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame. Higgy's coming up on the other side. Please stick around and hear from a great guy. Knights win a defensive zone faceoff. Hague rings it around. Barbashev breaks in, joined by Marcheseau. Tucks it to him, shooting. He scores. Jonathan Marcheseau, backhand goal. A two-on-one set up by Barbashev. Four-nothing Golden Knights. Jonathan Marcheseau's ninth of the playoffs, fourth of the series, and the Knights have pulled away. Dan Duva on the call. Where would we be without Barbashev, let alone Marcisso and Carlson and Stone and some of the great players here? But Barbashev has really had an impact on this team. I am thrilled to talk to my friend, newest member of the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame. This gentleman has an unbelievable career as a baseball coach, as a player. He's been involved in all levels of baseball, and his career and his path in this town continues to grow. So proud to talk to Kevin Higgins who gets into the Hall of Fame. Kevin, great to talk to you, and congratulations on this great honor. Uh, JT, I appreciate it. It's good to be with you. Great to be with you. First off, I want to begin with your early years in life when you first picked up a bat and a glove. Who were your mentors? Who guided you to being a young athlete, a young baseball player? 
I think it's, it's always starts with your dad. You know, my dad, uh, mom are super supportive and, uh, found out that I could maybe swing a little bit and, uh, kind of harvard it from there. And then I was fortunate enough to be a kid in the sixties and seventies and Pete Rose was my guy. And, uh, it was the only game on 10, you know, that was on Saturday game of the week. So that's what I tried to pattern myself after. And, kind of worked out you had the love of the game at a very early age and that has a lot to do with your parents because we've talked about it off the air about burnout for kids and kids that play too much early and you played a lot early as you were developing your craft what kept you in love with the game in those early years before high school before you became an all-american in college well i think i think more than anything it was a different time we Mm -hmm. in high school i think the most games i ever played in one year was 26 and that was in high school so we didn't have club. We didn't have all those things. We played football, and then when football was over, we played basketball. And when basketball was over, we played baseball. And then you just kind of, you know, loved them all, but uh, found out you were a little better in one than the others. Tell me about the college recruitment and what brought you and eventually brought you to Arizona State University where you had a tremendous career. What were those days like wondering if you were going to play at the next level, even though you had confidence to find yourself on such a big stage? I think that was a different thing. High school was good, but I don't think mentally I was prepared, both uh, academically or socially, really, to make that jump. I think I would have got lost. So I was fortunate enough to have a great junior college program, Los Angeles Harbor. Uh, I played there and then uh, developed a little bit more and luckily a state came knocking at the door i like that i I never talked to that about you so the junior college level was really important to you not only as you're developing your swing you play multiple positions but you needed that step before you eventually became mr sun devil and the leadership award at arizona state university it sounded like you needed that path you needed that stop before asu yeah i think uh yeah like i said i mean especially academically we Mm -hmm. just weren't ready at that time to to take that jump and then you know, you're going in where everybody's a, a first-team All-State. Uh, they're not recruiting eight-hitters out of high school, so <laughs> you better make sure you're ready when you get there. Kevin Higgins is our guest, newest member of the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, following the 88 season, you batted 361, 108 hits, 34 for extra bases, 68 RBIs, 11 stolen bases, your first-team All-America by Baseball America. What clicked there about the coaching and the teammates that developed you to that higher level before we got into minor league baseball and the pros? Well, I think, again, the coaching staff, uh, you know, Coach Brock, he's in the Hall of Fame, many Hall of Fames, uh, gave me a chance. And, uh, you know, like I said, junior college, high school kind of prepared me for it to be able to compete and go in there and battle those guys. And I think that when I got there at Arizona State, we had the, there was four second basemen. And uh, every one of them ended up playing in the big leagues. Wow. Um, so it, you had to battle or go home real quick. So luckily, if you battle like that, we had a great team and uh, everything, like you said, just clicked. Kevin Higgins is our guest. ASU, you're the national runner-up at the College World Series. In addition to be selected first team all-region second base, the all-decade team, which is a tremendous honor there at second base. So at that time, what was the College World Series? Now you see it, and when it comes to women's softball and you see it with men's baseball, the brand grew, and you were there through some really interesting times as young major leaguers were developing there. What was your biggest memory from the College World Series? Well, unfortunately, probably the loss in the last game, yeah. uh, national title game. But, but it was it was awesome. It's what you dreamed about when you were a kid. You wanted to get there. 
uh, we were fortunate enough to go in as a number one seed and, and uh, just didn't get it done. But the whole experience of Rosenblatt, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It might be, it is the, the, the greatest highlight of my career. Outstanding. Kevin Higgins, as we wrap it up. So you get drafted in 89 in the 12th round. I've never asked you this. We've been friends a while. What was it like? Third round, fourth round. Was it a phone call? What did you know? When did you know you were going to get taken by the Padres? Uh, no idea. Had not talked mm. to the Padres. Had been drafted by Detroit uh, the year before in the fifth round and didn't sign uh, at a junior college. So believe it or not, I was actually uh, taking BP at a high school field in Eagle, Idaho. And uh, we didn't have, there was no internet. We didn't mm-hmm. have, phone, you know, phones. So I didn't find out till I got home and had a message. Tell us about your connection to the Stars as a player, the 51s, the AAA affiliate at the time of the Dodgers, and, and now what you learned about your minor league experience there, because it was big. You told me stories about Bruce Bochy and some of your other teammates along the way. That seems to be a big part of your legacy. Well, I, I think it is, and it's what, it's what led me to Las Vegas. I mean, I first got here in 1990. Um, was fortunate enough to be around Donnie Logan and those guys over there. And just, uh, it's been a big part. I mean, everything that I got, I mean, I spent a lot of time there. I like to tell people cause I got there early, but, uh, I spent a lot of time there and then fortunately, uh, got some opportunities to stay here and, uh, mm-hmm. raise four kids and, uh, yeah, it's home. Absolutely. Uh, tell the listeners what it was like to get called up to the big club, Tony Gwynn, some of the stories you could tell at that time when the Padres called you up and the impact that had on your life. Well, it was it was a dream come true. You know, I think we found out on a, a tape ticker. Um, Russ mm. Nixon was our manager, was the first base coach on the Big Red Machine, um, called me in and I went from a 13-day road trip in Canada with no clean clothes uh, <laughs> to a 4 a.m. flight to St. Louis and uh, was starting the next day in Bush Stadium and on, on actually the Saturday game of the week. Incredible. Uh, quite the whirlwind. And what did you learn from the organization at that time, and if you have a Tony Gwynn story to share? Well, Tony was the best. I mean, he's still – he's got half of my wall upstairs. Um, mm. One of the greatest men I've ever met. Uh, and just listening to him, I would, ask, I would ask a question in the training room, and I would ask one question, and then I would listen for the next hour. Um, and just tried to soak everything up that he had. But he was so gracious with, uh, you know, a young guy like me that was just coming up, uh, but gave me the time and, and gave everybody the time and just wanted to talk baseball. So it was great experience. Kevin Higgins is going to be inducted into the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame on June 16th. Let's wrap it up now with your involvement with UNLV. What a perfect fit with all the great accomplishments in your life, your family, your girls, your son, everything that you've been able to do and why this works so well for you, your relationship with UNLV baseball, where you came from, and where you are right now with the program. Well, I mean, it's huge. Again, it's, it's my hometown. And, and it's like I said, it's where I raised my kids. And to have the opportunity to do this in your hometown and work for great people and, and uh, give back a little bit, you know, and it all starts with my wife. I, mm-hmm. she, let me, she let me back in the game after, after some years away in the business world. Uh, she said, let's go get it. Let's go back. And uh, so without them and the support of my family, I mean, none of this is possible, but I enjoy everybody we work with. I enjoy the kids. um, And it's fun. You know, Kevin, last one, I don't want to get too much ahead of your speech because you've been there for all these, and you you welcomed me into this family when I started going with my wife and going to the inductions and sitting out there, and we'd have a couple of pops afterwards. This has got to be a really big deal for you because of Steve Stallworth and Dale Lees and John Sassenti and 
Dick Calvert and everybody behind the scenes. You're kind of one of the guys, and you've always been one of the guys. What was it like when you got the news here that you were going to be in this group, this fraternity with the sorority members here? This is a group that I always figured you'd get to at this point. That must have been pretty emotional. Uh, it was very emotional and, and very humbling and uh, still don't know if it's deserved. Um, you know, you never want to put yourself in that thing. I mean, I've been a utility guy my whole life, so I don't really look at myself as a Hall of Famer, but it is an absolute honor to be in with the class that we're going in with, as well as the past inductees. I mean, there's some legends of the Valley in, in that, and to be included with them is is truly humbling. I can't wait. I can't wait for your family to see everybody, to see you in that atmosphere. It's well-deserved, my friend. If I don't see you before that, I'll see you on the night of the 16th. Thanks for doing this. Sounds good. I appreciate it, JT. Thank you very much. You got it. Kevin Higgins. Uh, I'm happy to call him a friend. He's my neighbor. Uh, his daughters uh, babysat for my sons. And whenever I was around him, and I wish I saw more, you know, lives, he's so busy in baseball. I've been busy on the radio whenever I'm around him, man. I really look up to the guy. He has, a, he's a tremendous dad, tremendous husband. He's a leader in this community. He's deeply well-respected. And the stories that he has, what draws together was Pete Rose. He knew that I was hosting the Pete Rose show, and his idol was Pete Rose. And then as he told you about the Tony Gwynn connection and Bruce Bochy and the baseball players that respect him, and my son goes to Arizona State, and I went and watched his son play at Arizona State, and he is fantastic. His son, Kate, is a baseball player. I've never seen a Little League uh, and a, now a college sweeter swing than his son has. His daughters are amazing. He's got a great family, and I think that's his biggest accomplishment on top of everything he's accomplished as an athlete. So uh, when, they, when they called me and surprised me and told me I'm going to be the MC for this evening and it's the year Kevin Higgins is getting in, means a lot to me because I, I would have been there anyway at a table watching him and giving him the ovation and now to be on stage and to get a chance to be up close and watch it. Really excited. So thanks again to Kevin Higgins, and he'll be a part of this new class of the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame. That is coming up on June 16th, and I'm very excited to be a part of it in a small way. A lot of my buddies and people behind the scenes do a lot. And I've said this even before my involvement. Out of all the Hall of Fames that I've been to, Canton is the best. Canton, Ohio, when you're out there in the crowd. This one, the Southern Nevada Sports Hall of Fame, there have been nights I've been in the crowd and looked around at my wife and friends going, this is big. I mean, it is big, and now it's at the Dollar Loan Center. It's a huge night. If you're a sports person in this town, a business person tied with sports, you need to be here. It's that good. Trust me, can't wait to be a part of it as it's coming up here. All right, Bobby, we're going to wrap it up here on the other side. Last call. For Golden Knight fans, i got to give a prediction coming up. You know, I'm going to predict the Vegas Golden Knights to win, but we can't count our kegs before they're tapped. So I'm not going to pick them in four. I'm not going to pick them in five. But I don't want to use game seven. I don't want a game seven. But they fought to have home ice. We'll wrap it up on the other side. You're listening to the flagship of the Silver and Black. Carrier, Carlson, Colasar, Marcheseau, Carlson, Amadio. This one is over. 6-0. A shutout victory in game six for the Vegas Golden Knights. 
For the second time in six seasons, the Golden Knights will play for the Stanley Cup. That's pretty cool. I hope Dan Duva, I don't want to jinx it, Bobby, but he'll get a ring. Gary Lawless, I want them to get a ring. Why am I even saying that? I don't want to jinx it, but I'd like to see those guys who come on the show off and get hooked up and do what they deserve and uh, get a ring and be on the parade float and do all that. We're pretty close. I mean, we don't have to talk about it, but why not? I do a radio show. I need to talk. Uh, why not talk about a parade? Now, you want the players shouldn't talk about it in the coach, but you better believe they're planning it. We're planning we could have an Aces parade, a Golden Knights parade, F1, the Super Bowl. I mean, that's pretty special for this town. I mean, considering this town's had some big moments here, but that, that could be pretty crazy for sports. Thanks again for Kevin Higgins. My phone is blowing up. A lot of his friends were listening to that conversation. And, you know, one of the things he said at the end is, you know, he's been a utility guy his whole life. Um, I disagree. He's the starter. He's a great guy. And... You know, a guy who grinded, grinded through college, grinded through the minor leagues, got called up to play for the Padres, and he'll be a part of that induction coming up here, which will be really special. Uh, rest of the week, I got a big, big, big Raiders day tomorrow, a big Raiders event that I'll be able to tell you about hopefully Friday or next week. That's tomorrow. We have a full show, and we're booking ahead of the show tomorrow. Uh, we're supposed to have Olden Polonies today. We'll get him on tomorrow because the finals are going to start. want to get his prediction before that. Our Golden Knights are playing on Saturday as the schedule opens up in home ice here ESPN, all the hockey insiders around the world are staying. A lot of them stay at the Bellagio. Don't know if they changed that hotel, but you'll see, you know, Messier, all the legends that are going to come out here. I hope Gretzky comes out here with his connection to the lacrosse team in town and ownership here. That would make sense. I sure. would think that Gretzky, you think Gretzky would be out here, right? Oh, yeah. They're still playing. They're right over at the Dalalone in yeah. uh, and Why wouldn't sure. Mario Lemieux and, and some of the legends come out like hockey royalty should want to come to Vegas? For the Stanley Cup, of if course. their team's not there, you know, get a check, uh, do a signing, come out here. So I'm, I'm, to, I'm hoping a lot of people to, are going to be here. To, to just keep PK, PK Subban, just keep. Yeah, him. he's not. We're, good. Uh, we're all know, set with him. Look, I, I've noticed that a lot of people are telling me that they're not pulling for Vegas and uh, they're not pulling for Vegas. I, you know, I, I don't necessarily need them to pull for Vegas, but just a little consistency and a little even handedness would be cool. Well, we would hope so, but you know, when it comes to this team, this team's going to have to earn it. They're going to have to earn the fact that they are now going to go into a rare group of teams if they win the Stanley Cup. You can never take that away. To have those names you know, written into the Stanley Cup, engraved oh, yeah. into the Stanley Cup, you can't imagine what Jonathan Marceau must think about not being protected by the Panthers. Getting mm -hmm. drafted here for the expansion nights and to beat that team and to have his name engraved into the cup. Why he's he's been flying around this whole series. And the guy I'm pulling for the most is the captain, Mark Stone. Because oh, when yeah. you're the captain of a Stanley Cup team and you're able to go grab the cup and be the first to skate with it, I know I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm a fan. So I want to get ahead of myself. I'm hoping this happens, no I, doubt. I, I, I'm, I'm looking for that parade. I no think that's going to be the coolest thing that's ever happened in Vegas. Going right down the strip, I think that'll be amazing. Hey, Bobby, give me that Judge home run. Judge has been on fire for my Yankees. Uh, they're up in Seattle taking on the Mariners. Just very impressed with the way that Judge is playing. He had a ball that went over the wall, and he brought it back and hit two home runs the night before, and then he came back last night and hit another moonshot. Judge lifts this one deep to left field. Backing up on it is Pollock. He's near the warning track. He's at the wall. He leaps, and it's gone! A home run! 
Aaron Judge for the second night in a row leaves the ballpark. That's three home runs in two games for the captain. A solo shot to left center field, number 18 of the year. 18 home runs for him, and he's missed a bunch of games. That was one of the highest, not longest, highest home runs when it came to arcs hit this year. So if the playoffs started today in baseball, in the American League, Tampa Bay would be the one seed. Texas would be the two. Minnesota would be the three. Your wild card teams in the American League would be Baltimore, the Yankees, and Houston. And the teams left out would be Toronto and Boston. So that comes in the American League. In the National League, the one seed would be the Dodgers. Remember everyone in San Diego, look at us, bare muscles, look at where San Diego, we're number, no. It's the Dodgers. Then the two seed would be Atlanta, the three seed Milwaukee. Your wild cards as of today are Arizona, San Francisco, and Miami. The Mets would be out of the playoffs if the playoffs started today. How about that? And San Diego would be out. They're, they're three back of the wild card. What a mess. What's their record here? So they are 25 and 29 for the Padres as they would miss that there. So that's pretty interesting if the playoffs would have started today that some good teams would be out. There is plenty of other, there's plenty of time to get back into this. Plenty of time to get back into this. So the NBA Finals and the Stanley Cup Finals is what we look for here. In June, the big boxing news for in town, we got it. Spence Crawford, one of the best fights you could ever see on paper. Vegas secured that fight, which is going to be a really big deal. We're all excited about that. And then there's going to be some soccer here played at the Allegiant Stadium, which is going to be a lot of fun to see how that plays out. The UFC schedule is getting better there. Uh, We'll talk about that maybe a little bit more tomorrow. And then as we talked about it with uh, Jeff Sherman, the U.S. Open is the next major Coming up in golf as we continue on here talking golf. Love talking golf on this show. Also, Roland Garros. The French Open is in progress here, but not many American tennis players who are going to be playing anytime soon there. So as we wrap it up, I want to thank our guest again. Uh, Vinny Bonsignor was fantastic. We appreciate Vinny. Always good to talk to him and really like Kevin Higgins, the conversation we had with him, and our buddy Jeff Sherman, who seems like there's a lot of money on Denver. I would sprinkle a little bit on Miami, a little sprinkle there, because it's just feeling like this is a team of destiny. A Cinderella team, yeah, an eight seed is a Cinderella team, and they have a really good chance of doing that. For the Raiders, uh, we'll see what happens. I should have some good stories to tell after tomorrow, so I'm looking forward to that. A lot of Raider alumni are in town. A lot of Raider alumni are in town and getting into town today, so excited to be a part of what I get a chance to do with the Raiders. The podcast is up. We did it yesterday with Q Myers, Raiders Roundtable. Spent most of it on Jimmy Garoppolo and Devontae Adams, a flex schedule. That is up on the YouTube channel and all platforms for the Raiders. For Bobby Machado, I'm JT. Thank you, everybody. Appreciate you listening. If you miss any portion of the show, you can find it at lvsportsnetwork.com. Find me at JT the Brick on Twitter and on Facebook. And that's about it. I'm getting in the pool. I'm kicking back, going to enjoy a great night with my family, and hope you have a great night, too. Be safe on the roads. Thanks to all of our proud partners here on the show.